Hello and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo Resilience Show. To Ben Like Bamboo is to master change with flexibility. And on the show, I get to interview very special guests talking about resilience. And today I'm very proud to introduce my very special guest, Shanna Kennedy. Welcome. Thank you. It is awesome to be chatting with you today and sharing a lot of tools and tips and stories together oh my gosh this is going to be so juicy I think you are so cool I can't wait to get into this let me introduce you properly so Shanna Kennedy is a master life strategist and coach well-being specialist best-selling author keynote speaker workshop facilitator um, webinar provider and media contributor so um, a master of simplicity Shanna engages teams to develop their life plan uh, and we're going to talk all about your book, The Life Planned, in a second. But you're all about the life plan. And I love this because we don't tend to make one. And that's what we're going to talk about and the importance of it. Um, so you help people with their life plan, mental health and well-being plans as well. And you present the most powerful life and wellness skill sets to elevate capability and capacity in leaders and teams. So Shanna had an incredible career in sports management and sponsorship, working with over 100 Olympic and elite athletes until she hit burnout and was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and depression. She hired a life coach for herself to shift out of the darkness, review reset and refocus her life in 2000 she studied to be one of the melbourne's first um, life coaches focusing on coaching athletes into retirement after seeing so much destruction in their lives outside of sports so important shanna kennedy is now a leading business and life coach master strategist i can't say that word trusted by her clients across the spectrum of business sport and entertainment she challenges people to rethink their relationships to work well-being and life this is so cool thank you so much for coming on shanna Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a very big journey to get here, yeah. that's for sure. And you were just saying before, so um, when you used to work as a sport in sports management, that was your, uh, what did you say? It was um, Jerry Maguire job. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. So I, I had this incredible job where, you know, we had about 200 athletes and, and I had the money. So I, I had to go and, you know, choose who were we going to sponsor and what mm. their contract would be. So my job was to negotiate all of the contracts over 10 different sports. So I was the only woman around doing that at the time. This is, you know, um, 20 years ago. Yeah. Or 25 years ago. Yeah. And um, so there wasn't many women around. And so you'd just be making friends with the mom and the dad and the auntie and the dog and whatever it took to get that that athlete to love the brand, you know, that I was representing. So it was super exciting, but mm. you know, sports always seven days a week. So, um, and, and on the weekend. So what I would do, found myself doing is I completely married my job. Yeah. And all weekend I was watching sport or going to sport or doing the, doing the work and then flying home and, <clears throat> excuse me, going back into the office on a Monday to do all the paperwork. Yeah. And then I was doing the PR and the marketing and, yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I thought I was totally indestructible. Yeah, and and we don't realize that we need to have balance, and it becomes our identity and the badge of honor of yeah, all that. hundred oh, percent. That's who I was, you know, the brand. And when you take the brand away and you say, you know, who are you without your job? I learned the hard way because I it took my health away, 
and I got the chronic fatigue syndrome and depression because my whole body was just burnt. Yeah. And I didn't have any self-care strategies or well-being um, structures in my life. I just thought mm. I could burn the candle at every end possible and just kept pushing through all those warning signs that you get, you know, when you've got a headache and you feel shattered, but you still go to that party or you yes. know, you don't take the day off because you just think, oh, I better not. That looks a bit weak. So, you know, I'll keep pushing through. And I did that for years. And eventually, you know, one day I just couldn't even get up. So yeah. it did cost my health, but um, yeah. it was a pretty wild ride getting to, getting to that stage. It's amazing how the body does that. It just it just will stop you, like where you just you can't get up. It's not a good feeling when that happens, and that's what the life plan is all about, isn't it? What's the life plan about? So the reason that I got to that stage was, you know, I once I did get chronic fatigue and my body would not move. And my mind was okay, but my body wouldn't move. I, I enlisted a coach and I said, I need someone to coach me through this. You know, I, I want someone who's not judgmental, who will help me set my mini goals, even though I was a master planner already and super efficient and A-type overachieving perfectionist. But that's why you needed a coach. That's why I needed a yeah. coach. You know? <laughs> so I needed someone to pace me. and to I'm the same the A-type. I know. Yeah. And, and don't worry about celebrating wins. Let's get on to the next goal. Yeah, so next, the what's I, next? I needed yeah. to learn to, to pace and yeah. to build fulfillment, not just achievement. And so we set these really small goals like walking around the block and don't try and walk three times around the block. Just once will do, you know. So I yeah. had to do pace. less, how to do less. How yeah. to do less and how to unlearn our habits you know we have yeah. to unlearn in order to relearn and yeah for me that was really really difficult because I'd grown up with you know you're lazy if you sit down it was all about work ethic if you wanted to get anywhere it was about work ethic so I had that drilled in. that's why you me. couldn't stop and it's so important to get to the bottom of why we can't stop. it's different for everybody so that was yours yeah, yeah. mine was um if you sit down you're lazy yeah and you will not get anywhere unless you work really hard, really, really hard. So I have immigrant parents and that was what they, you know, were doing the right thing and teaching me, but I took it to, you know, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't sit down. I couldn't relax. So I really had to learn that. And I used a coach. And then while I was in my recovery, I was really thinking about these athletes. I mean, you know, they've got their sporting plan, but I looked at the destruction behind that, that we have our career aspirations, but careers come and go. Yeah. Um, and a career is what you do. It's not who you are, but I thought it was everything, who you are and what you do. And I watched athletes go from hero to zero overnight, you know, if they got injured or retired or lost their job or whatever it might be. Mm. And they they actually have didn't have a plan B. They didn't have mm. a, a life plan that said, you know, I've got my life going here and my sport plan comes in here and here and then I've got the second plan here and here. Mm. They didn't have it. And nobody cared. 20, 20 years ago, nobody cared about what happened to athletes after retirement. They were just there later and yeah. again. And for them, they've gone from being a hero and getting everything for free to everything yeah. overnight. So yeah. more freebies and real life hits really, really hard. So yeah. I was thinking about that in my chronic fatigue stage, thinking I think there's a big opportunity for me as I know them so well is to become a coach and to coach them into retirement. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. There were no coaches really around. I, I happened to get one and no one had even heard of a life coach. So I studied life coaching and probably one of the first in Melbourne to, to get qualified and to start my business coaching athletes into retirement. And oh, I just cool. started slowly as I got better and better and better. Yeah. Um, and I always kept a coach for myself to really rebuild me as a business. So to And to walk myself, your talk as well. Oh, yeah. I had to treat myself like I'm the asset, I'm the business. Mm-hmm. We all need to, every listener out there. Yeah. We need to see ourselves as the asset and that we need to invest in ourselves, like the oxygen tank on the on the aeroplane. Yeah. Put the mask on first. Yeah. And when we allow ourselves to see that as self-care, not selfish, yeah. we can become really resilient and we can share and we can help other people. I love if that. We're so burnt out and we're really, really exhausted. We yeah. cannot help anybody else. So that's what resilience means to you. Perfect way to answer the first question. Yes. And it's able to adapt in the face of a change. And if your tank is not full, you can't. If you're too tired, if you're exhausted, if your mental health isn't right, if your emotional health isn't right, if your physical health isn't right, we don't even have the energy to pivot and to change and to adapt, which is resilient. We need to feel good. We need to feel flexible and adaptable to change and to see things you know, to, to change requires letting go of an idea or a belief as well and then changing your mind about it. So that requires, you know, when you're in your most relaxed state or when your cup is full, you feel nourished from self-care and, um, and that's what I believe flexibility is all about. You go, oh, yeah, I see things from your point of view. Oh, I can see, like, um, how I can view that differently. I can elevate higher and see things with a higher understanding. But when we are stressed and our cup is not half full and we're not flexible, we're just reactive, aren't we? Yeah. And, and we can't make great decisions from that place. No. When you're making decisions from an empty tank. Or in survival. Physically, emotionally. Mm. you're not going to make a great decision you don't even know what your values are at that stage yeah I had to really learn what do I what are my three top values because they're my new boss yeah not not the company that I'm going to work for the boss is what's in my heart and soul and what do I value the most and my resilience is going to come from never letting them go yeah 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 so uh, even with elite athletes and CEOs, now we always start with your values. If you don't know your own set of values, your code of conduct, what's most important to you, mm. you can't build a life plan. What are yours? My first one is health, obviously, because I've lost my health. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, do I feel great and am I healthy? It means, what am I specifically consciously doing every single day Yeah. my physical health? Yeah. My mental health, my emotional health, and my spiritual health. Yeah. So Love it. I've got KPIs every day, you know, on, on that. The second one for me is family happiness. So that doesn't mean is my family happy because I've got, you know, a 16-year-old, I've got a 14-year-old, I've got a, a husband who's a CEO. I can't make them all happy. What that means is, am I showing up for my family, mm. being the best version of myself? Have Love I put the mask on so that I can help them, support them, be there for them, cook for yeah. them, um, be there emotionally for them? So am I showing up? That's yeah. what that means. That's beautiful. And the third one for me is achievement because I'm an achievement junkie. Yeah, and that's okay. I think it, it can be okay. a positive word. It doesn't have to be a dirty word. <laughs> me, it's about is my to-do list today mm-hmm. a healthier version of my old one? 
So I have to achieve every day to feel happy. That's just the way my genetically wired, I think. I love so this one. That's, that is time, so good. So the achievement will be, did I meditate this morning? Yeah. Because I know that my breathing, my meditation and movement of my body is the only way I'm going to have longevity in my career. Mm. The only way. If I burn out, my business is gone because I am the business. So, yeah, yeah. so I have to value that that's just as big as an achievement as selling a thousand books. Yeah. yeah speaking yeah. on a stage with a thousand people. Yeah. So I don't that achievement of self-care, there is no way I'll be on that stage. So what I've had to do is trick my brain into the most valuable achievement for me today is those small little breaks and self-care and good food and all the work achievements, which we sort of do when you're super driven with your eyes closed. Don't hang your hat on those. Hang your hat on these, these soft skills, which will allow you to keep doing those other ones. Yeah, and it's consistency, isn't it? Because like our old beliefs are so grained within us that you have to be very conscious of yourself. And that's why like coming back to the present moment during those times, to bring into our awareness of I'm doing it again, I'm overdoing it, I'm in, you know, prioritizing my to-do yeah. list, trying to squeeze in way too many things in a day. So therefore I haven't had my lie down or just proper lunch and sitting down and spending time for me and with my dog or, you know, you with your family and, you know, so it's really important. Um, yeah, oh, this is so juicy. I love and it. You know, when you talk so- about resilience, resilience comes when you have the ability to check in with yourself yeah and that you're not just spouting off adapting without thinking it through first about what the consequences are of what you're going to go and do and this is where when you know your values and you have a life plan you don't just run off and react you know you sit in the pain of I have to change like COVID hitting and you know, my speaking business just fell out the window in one yeah. day. Yeah. It was not reacting. It was sitting still and saying, okay, well, what are my values? The decisions that I make now to change, pivot, whatever you want to call it, my business, have got to have got to come into these values. Yeah. Don't go running off creating all of this stuff which is going to exhaust you. Yeah. It's got to fit into the vessel of the values. So I think it's really powerful for for people to realise that resilience comes from knowing yourself, being able to check in, to to be able to move and adapt. But you can only do that if you know the vehicle that you're driving. Yeah, know yourself. and Know what your capabilities are, what's important to you, where the boundaries are, what the the strengths are, what the weaknesses are. If you know your vehicle, you can manoeuvre it. But if you don't know it and how it handles things, yeah, yeah, you know, you could be putting it in a direction that's just bound not to the be- right direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that self awareness, mm. I think, is an mm. incredibly big part of resilience that people don't talk about. Yeah, definitely. That's hundred percent correct. I agree with you. So, do you mm. want to share something that you've been through that you've had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a few things. There's the chronic fatigue, which you know, 20 years later, I still have to deal with every day. So, every day I wake up, my body feels like it's been hit by a train. Mm. It just aches, the bones ache. 
just it's just the way it is it happens yeah. every night yeah and every morning before I get out of bed I need to train my brain today I feel great today is easy and effortless you know that when you've gone and walked for an hour all of that pain is gone you have to walk the pain out you have mm. to go and take the supplements the magnesiums the zincs the vitamin d the vitamin yeah. b yeah so there is a beautiful structure to support what I have to deal with every day. Yes. Then with that comes depression. So something's happened in my brain as I've fried my whole body and it's gone into, you know, it's like it's like you've got a car engine and it's got a crack in it. Okay. So you've got to warm it up. Yeah. Go flat out because you'll crack it again. Yeah. So you've got to warm it up so that it can handle the, the pace, the fast pace. How do you warm it up? So that's what I do. I do my breathing. I set yeah. my intention for the day. I train the computer up here, which is the brain. And then I go for my walk and then have my yeah. supplements. And yeah. if I don't do those things, yeah. I don't perform very well. Yeah. I can't run a business, be a mum, be a wife, yeah. have my 40 clients, get on stage, write more books. I, yeah. To be able to do that, I have to really rely on the structures and habits that I've created that build the resilience towards it. Yeah. Um, same with depression. You know, I have depression. Um, I very, very specifically um, have ways of thinking about it, dealing with it when it comes in, because it's incredibly debilitating. And that all happened only after chronic fatigue and, and the crack in the system. Yeah. So, you know, I know when to put my hand up. I know when to wave my white flag. Um, I know exactly what supplements to take. So I feel perfectly fine, you know, 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, I've trained my brain not to even think about the weather because that used to really trigger me all the time, you know, but yeah. it's sunny and we live in Melbourne. So you better change your thoughts about that pretty quickly. <laughs> it's so going to happen a lot. A yeah. It, a lot of it has been build your life plan, build a plan yeah. that will support you for the long term. Mm. Are the things that I'm doing today, the same things I want to be doing when I'm 70? Hell yes. Mm. I want to be doing yoga at 70. Mm. I want to be walking an hour a day at 70. Mm. That's worth investing in these things, not trying mm. to run a marathon. The things that will give me longevity and can support me and become mm. a way of life for the, mm. for the long haul mm. um, and allow me to have my career, which I adore and I love for the long haul, mm. the resilience comes from building it's, it's like you're a, a tomato plant. You know, you don't water it once a month or once a year. Every day you go past, you sprinkle it with some um, fertilizer and you give it a little bit of water and you talk to it. Mm. You don't just go once a month and, and put too much water on it and it's drowned. You know, it's this daily, what is a daily habit that's going to make yeah. you great? Not yeah. really sometimes. Yeah, it's I love that. Things that are the most powerful, like brushing your teeth. Yeah. So if I was to ask you about your lowest point and how that felt, would that be when you were in your Jerry Maguire job or was that sometimes, I guess, when you wake up and you probably things you still experience when you have your uh, chronic fatigue and your, your depression that, you know, comes on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I have had the thoughts of, you know, it would be better if I'm not here, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And they're pretty low moments. They're pretty yeah. low moments. And it's hard to understand them because you've got a job, you've got a great career, you've 
selling books all over the world. You've got children. You've got a great marriage. What's the problem? Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So I think um, for me, when those really low moments come in, and probably the lowest was, you know, when I actually had chronic fatigue because you don't look sick, you look perfectly fine, but you feel like you've been beaten up with bats. It's just so painful. Yeah, you're so tired you want to cry. It's, it's like you've got the worst hangover you've ever had in your life, but you haven't had a drink. And it just is this pain that, um, mm. you know, you've got to learn to sit in the pain for it to go away. You know, this too shall pass is a really yeah. powerful word. I love that, yeah. Um, so I always allow myself to sit in the pain or the depression that hits and I just say, this will pass. You know, it's not yeah. going to be like this tomorrow. It's like a dark storm cloud that comes in and passes by. And, um, you know, I have that written up on the mirror, this too shall pass. Yes. But I never, ever forget that the emotions that we feel, all of us this year have felt such a range of emotions that we don't normally get to feel. That's correct. We're on the treadmill of life. But it's an opportunity to sit in them and it sucks, but we have to do it. And sometimes it's like deep loneliness or yeah, sadness, grief, angry, or we're yeah. grieving that we can't even go and have a coffee in a coffee shop. You know, we're grieving some of the smallest of things, like being able to see a friend who's outside the five kilometer zone. So, yeah, we're experiencing and we've become incredibly resilient by force because we've had to sit through these feelings. And I love that this too shall pass, that I know that today I might be really sad or I might miss my mum or I can't see them or I just want to go and sit in the coffee shop and have a coffee, not just walk with it. Those small things, I just say it's going to pass. It's going to be okay. It will pass. Um, it does pass. Allow yourself to feel grief because, wow, I've never, that, that's what real grief feels like. You know, when you lose your health, you know what grief feels like. Yes. Because you can't even drive your car. Because if you don't, it stays stuck in your body and you ha- and you might have to deal with that sometimes years or decades later. It stays stuck in your body and then all of a sudden something will trigger it off. Maybe it's a panic attack or something releases that deep fear when you held your breath and went, oh, don't want to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> it stays the anger or the sadness or whatever it is. If we don't, I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad at like sitting in feeling crap. So I will probably rise up and go, okay let's move forward and get busier and not deal with it um there's a great a great teacher out there called louise hay who who unfortunately passed away um a year or two ago and she always said yeah get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable yeah because that's how you grow out of your comfort zone and you become a bigger better person so when you feel uncomfortable you're growing that's right don't run away from it like sit in it and allow the growth to expand and it will feel uncomfortable but you're going to be a better person for that eventually down the track well I do something that scares me every day and I put my to-do list the bottom one that I don't really want to do I put it to the top of the list and I force myself to do something that scares me like that every day so it becomes familiar to be out of my comfort zone so I'm more of a culprit to step into things I'm probably not even ready for I put myself out there so much um, so I've got to just sometimes pull back and just let things play out mm-hmm. and just observe a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all so different. Um, but, yeah, I 
I, I find it easy getting out of my comfort zone because of that. I've trained my mind to do it. Yeah. It's probably in a bit yes. of a forceful way, which I need to work on. But yeah, it's like you can train it's yourself. It's like to do people it. having a cold shower, you know, when you, yeah. you're having a shower and to finish a shower, you turn it to cold. That's actually training you to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you go out in life and you have uncomfortable feelings, you're like, well, nothing's as uncomfortable as that, yeah. right? To be yeah. in the shower to cold. Yeah. So it's tr- it trains your brain to be incredibly resilient mm. to change when you change the temperature in the shower at the end. So it is a form of training, yeah. resilience training. I love it. And so can you tell me what was your turning point? Um, I think the turning point was making a decision, mm. you know, making a decision to say, I don't, I don't want to be like this. Yeah. I don't want to be a victim of this. Yeah. I don't want to live through life with this as my crutch. It's always a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. So I chose to make a decision to see it as my gift. Cool. And, like you know, losing the speaking side of the business this year is a gift. Mm. So then you go and fossick for what the gifts are. So with chronic fatigue and depression, the gift has really been the incredible amount of research that I have done to learn to live with it and conquer it and master it and be friends with it, Mm. to not be afraid of it, to not um, be angry with it, to Mm. just go, oh, you know, I've got the pain. I need to take a couple of days off. I think it softens any disease. That's so on point. Like I think about my MS like that. If I'm just, I talk to it like it's my friend. It's like, oh, cool. All right. I've got some symptoms today. What's that about? Thanks for showing me. I'm listening, you know. face again, you know, stop brushing your head. Yeah. So you can see it as a bit of a teacher and a Mm -hmm. bit of guidance and it makes you human and it makes you connect to other people rather than being this crazed, overachieving, perfectionist crazy woman it's actually probably made me a lot more human Um, and so I think it was making a decision and I think it's really hard for a lot of people is to make a decision to really own something how do we choose the better path the light side instead of the dark how how did you choose to just I I had a coach who just kept challenging me yeah saying where's the gift Where's the gift? And it used to be really annoying because I was like, there's no gift. <laughs> there's no gift for this. I don't want this. Yeah. But eventually when you hear it enough, mm-hmm. you know, you, mm-hmm. you start to think maybe, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe, maybe this is part of my journey from the universe mm-hmm. that's teaching me a new way to be. Who you surround yourself with and having a team around you, not just work-wise, but with, yeah, exactly like a practitioner or a coach. I don't know what I would have done through my darkest times when, yeah, through so many different things I've gone through in my life from changes in my life professionally and personally that those trusted people, that guidance, so important. Mm. And you need a great team. So you don't talk about it with um, dream stealers, you know, (laughs) the people that just shut you down. You have to be really careful who you share your aspirations and goals with. And it's true. And 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 the the right people that are going to support you. And I have a coach. Yeah. You know, so every couple of years, I get myself a coach to really fine tune. Yeah. And I work with a naturopath for my health. And yeah. You know, I love to have a trainer when I can as well for my yeah. strength training and my yoga. And yeah. Um, I think when you see that if you're the business and you're the asset. Yeah. 
No one does it alone. Mm. Nobody. So think about all the people that are your role models and think about, are they doing that all by themselves? Well, probably not. So no athlete got there on their own. So think about who's on your team. And that's what makes you resilient because you've got the right people, the right gardeners tending to the plant, you know, who know about the plant and the specialists in their field. And some of us find that hard to, to, to let go of control and let other people help us. I think it's really important to have... And can only, it just has to be only a few people where you can really trust them and you can expose yourself and open up and be vulnerable and go, this is um, something I'm really struggling with and you need to talk about it and, and to trust that that person doesn't have any other motivation other than just to hold that space for you. And it's not about comparing themselves to you or a different um, vendetta. Like you've got to find that, yeah, that support and then when you believe that you're supported you're going to open up more and be more adaptable to change yeah and there's so much to learn isn't there so knowledge is power so Mm. I decided to really learn and you know 20 years there was no information about depression or chronic fatigue zero yeah so incredible over the years how much has sort of come out and I think podcasts have been amazing yep I agree because if you're really interested in a topic like menopause or resilience or um, time management, you know, you can go and find the best people in the world and go and listen to them, how they share their tips and what's happening in their life. And I think that's just outstanding. So yeah. I really listen to a lot of people and learn. Mm. And as we learn, we're happy. We're always happy when we're learning. Yes. Because we're out of our stuck state. So if we're walking in the morning and we're learning something one little tip here and there and you're coming home and you're thinking about it yeah integrating it yeah you're growing and as you grow we're always happy it's when we haven't grown and we're stuck and we've got bad habits creeping in that we've got stuck energy stuck mindset um we lose resilience we can't adapt we can't change because we can't see a way forward and if you only surround yourself with the same people all the time and you don't go out and you know connect and meet with different people who see the world differently you're not going to expand your way of thinking and therefore see certain stuck situations in your life as changing your mind that it might be possible that it will change and yeah this is great that we hear voices I mean I think this is outstanding is when we used to read books we used to just only hear our own voice it was Mm. our voice narrating the book that's true and now that we have audio books and ted talks and yes podcasts, yes it's like there's all these new voices which are teachers in our brain which is not our interpretation so that we can hear their voices inspiring us um, I love that. you know further down the track you know if you've really admired somebody you're pretty in tune with their voice and then you know when you want to go and have that chocolate you can hear their voice in the in the background or yeah. whatever it is to help you make a better choice. And I think it's been incredible the last few years how we've had access to all of these voices and it's taken us away from maybe the negative self-talk or the inner critic because our own voice has been shut down a little bit and we're allowing new ones in. And I think that's been fantastic for building resilience. I totally agree. I totally agree. So um, how is your life better having gone through everything you've been through? Oh, it's, it's so much better because I have built self-management. 
self-leadership, self-care, self-worth, self-awareness. And the oxygen tank now has become so important, hasn't it? So I respect it. I lead it. I manage it. I I really think on how are you managing yourself because it's my responsibility. It's not my husband's. It's not my kid's. It's actually I need to own my life and not wait for him to make me happy or him to say, put your feet out because he's not going to say, geez, you've been working hard, go and have a rest. It's never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. (laughs) So if you don't look after yourself, nobody really will. Yeah. And so I think um, the I've I've really learned um, that my life is so much better when I take one hundred percent responsibility and don't blame anybody else and don't blame the weather and the economy and COVID and oh you know my husband didn't do this or that or socks or whatever and just keep my eyes on my own plate which sounds selfish but it's self care and when I do that. I walk out to the family with great energy, great enthusiasm and happiness to share rather than thinking they owe me something. I think that's because your cup becomes half full because with coming with responsibility comes um, emotional freedom. You free yourself of the chains and the anchor of blame. Yeah, blame is disempowering instantly, you know. So I have worked very, very hard at taking myself from blame to responsibility and totally owning my own personal power is mm. my superpower yeah is you know if your friend rings up and says do you want to go out for dinner and you say oh yeah and she says where do you want to go and you say oh I don't mind you book and then they book and then you say oh, I don't even like that restaurant and then she's booked it too late and we go into this blame why don't we just take responsibility and and just and say it <laughs> say it and communicate clearly yeah the energy to book it yourself yeah and to to just take ownership more of the whole thing yeah what we do is go oh it's okay we don't make decisions we procrastinate we have expectations of other people and that's where we always always fall over so I don't do any of that anymore it's this self-management um vessel that I work for is how do I keep today awesome for myself because if I'm great I can then share that with my clients I can Mm. share that with my family and my friends and that's my responsibility yes is you know out the window I really think those external symptoms are really a mirror image of what we're believing and so it's really hard to change those actions and reactions until you change what you're actually believing. So if you believe that nothing really works out for me um, and you're in that blame game, you won't speak up and tell your friend, no, I don't actually want to go there or it's too late because we always want to try try and make our beliefs true. But then if you change what you believe, you're like, no, things do work out for me and you just get more conscious and, and in the moment with that and then then you, what you see changes around you and then how you react. So yeah. so, so all of my clients, to build their resilience, I, I, the, the challenge is to go and look in the mirror, okay? So a lot of people don't like looking so in the mirror. Yeah. You know? So not to look at externally what's happening, but to go into your soul, like to look into your to eyes. eyes to, yeah. If you see a three-year-old look in the mirror, how close do they stand? You know, they're here. They're like, oh, my God, look at this person (laughs) in the mirror. They're they're like doing their dance and they're falling in love with their best friend. Mm. And if you're not your own best friend, Mm. 
that's really sad because you're the only person that's there from your first breath to your last breath. The yeah. only person yeah. that is with you 24-7 is yourself. Mm. So if you don't have a great relationship with yourself, mm. you don't want a great journey for yourself and you're relying on other people to prop you up and make that happen. Yeah. You know, how are you treating your best friend? Yeah. So it's really important with resilience, with happiness, that energy, energy, everything comes back to looking in the mirror and going, you know what, I'm going to make today awesome for you, best friend. So if you could talk to yourself like you would your best friend, yeah, best friend's really tired, you know, my, I'd say to my friend, I think you should book in a day off Mm. and just go and watch movies and just give those bones a rest Mm. or you know, you know, you, you're really sad about something. You'd say to your friend, that's okay. Give yourself a hug. You're, you're allowed to be sad. Yep. Sit in it for a minute yep. and it will go away. It'll pass. Yep. But what we do is berate ourselves, or more importantly, distract ourselves mm. by going on to our social media and distracting ourselves and comparing ourselves more to other people. So, yeah. And what happens to our tank? Our oxygen just, just drained. Energy is currency. I, I think that, um, oh gosh, this is all so juicy. It's, mm-hmm. it's so important, but it's okay that you don't know how because we usually learn from what we watch around us and our parents and they didn't know either. And, you know, who is born knowing how to be their own best friend. So it's okay that we have to train ourselves to do that later. Oh, and what a great, you know, when you when you've got a bit of maturity about you, to actually want to treat yourself like a friend rather than thinking that, oh, you're really up yourself or something because it's got nothing to do with that, whereas in your 20s you might think that. But as you get older, I think you really realise that, wow, I'm, I am with myself 24 hours a day and and I need to care. I need to care. Yep. I need to want to make tomorrow great. Yep. So what am I doing today to support that? That's I need right. to want to put the good ingredients in the body. I need to want to move it for myself. yes. So that I can feel good, not yes. to look good or whatever. So our confidence is really yes. built with the habit structures that we create that make you happy. Mm. Um, it's actually not external. 40% of our happiness comes from what we intentionally do with our day. Mm. I love that. 50% is genetic. You're a you know glass half full, glass half empty type of person. So that's your fifth, that's your baseline. Then 10% of the pie chart is external influence. So that means I've got a really nice watch. You know, I've got a new jacket. You know, I'm so happy. I've got a new car. I've got a new job. We all know that that doesn't last. So 40% of your happiness is comes from what you intentionally do with your day and how you structure it. Love it. That habits. is so cool. Your habits, yeah. the journaling, the breathing, the meditation, the going for a walk, the... Yeah. The respect the rituals. Yourself, the looking in the mirror, the eating lovely food, all the things that the controllable the choices. The, yeah, yeah, control the controllables mm. is actually what makes you happy. Mm. So a lot of people don't realize that. They're thinking, well, when I get the car or when I get the house or you know, when my depression goes or whatever it might be, we actually just need to focus on today. And what are you doing intentionally today? Yes. To build this great person absolutely 100 percent um so tell me after everything you've been through if there was one thing that you learned that really stands out what would that be you've talked about a few things already but i think it i think 
don't have expectations of mm. other people. Yeah. So the minute we have expectations, the whole brew of storytelling comes up in the brain and judgment. Mm. Just keep your eyes on your own plate, which is yourself. Yes. Build the plan that works for you so you can be the best version of yourself. It is no one else's journey but your own. Yeah, yeah. And share what works if you're talking to the right people. Yeah. Some people don't want to hear it. Some people don't like you to be happy too. They like you to be down in the dumps with them. But I think the tips that I have for people is, number one, mm. know what you want. Mm. Know where you want to drive your car. Know what you want. Yep. A lot of people, vague goals equals vague results. So I have vision boards, which, you know, up here in the office, and I'm visually looking at the roadmap, my life plan, where I want to be in 20 years' time. Like that's the kind of body, that's what I want to be eating, that's what I want to be doing, that's how flexible, that's my career. Mm -hmm. So every day, what am I doing to get towards that? So on my site, there's free um, printable, downloadable vision boards. Awesome. Because... Great. At the beginning of COVID, people were saying, oh, I don't know how to do it. I've got the time to do it, but I don't know how. So I've done this free kit where you print it. All, all the words are there for you. You just cut Great. them and you awesome. put them on and you find some pictures. So know where you're going and have a vision board and set some really great goals. Mm-hmm. And I think the second thing is to make some really great decisions and stop procrastinating. Yeah. Make a decision on what you want and then take some massive action. Yeah. So go and employ the coach. Go and um, change the way that you eat because you know that every time you eat that, your energy actually goes. So let's just delete that from the pantry. You know, make these really simple decisions that are life changing forever. Yeah. You know, I've had clients that said to me, I've never got up and walked in the morning. And this whole COVID challenge has been every single day. You are going to get up and you are walking for an hour before you start work. And now they're saying, I can't believe that I never did that. Yeah, no, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. So we can change the habits and change the structures. Love it. And I think the last point is to, to then find gratitude in your day. Beautiful. Every day makes up the story of your life. Yeah. If you can make more days better than not so great days yeah you know the percentage is going to be good if you can say 80 percent of my life was awesome and 20 percent was really challenging fantastic look at the percentages how many days a week have you really focused on making them really good for yourself yes story of your life yes yes crappy or it's going to be good and it depends on your resilience and the way that you adapt and the way that you care for the oxygen tank and yourself and you look after it and I think that once you're doing that, you've got great plans and structures, yes. you've got a great life plan, yes. then, you know, you can actually sit back and enjoy the ride. And the life plan, here it is. And oh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful, stunning, stunning book, like the pictures on the inside. And, and I every- wanted a, um, like a Donahue cookbook for your life. Yeah, so- that's, that's the vibe. That's what it looks like. So I, I don't want that book on a shelf. That book's got to be on a coffee table. Yeah. Um, so it was really important to me to teach people in a way that was engaging and beautiful and they could connect and write in it and have it as their sort of 
um, their handbook for life, I suppose. Totally. And I can't wait to read every single page. And thank you so much for coming on the show today, Shanna. I'm so pleased that I met you. Thanks to Colleen. (laughs) Thanks to Colleen. I know. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm so glad to connect with you. I know, I know everybody's going to get so much out of your golden nuggets today from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, keep sharing because these podcasts are so fantastic because every time you're going on a walk and you're listening to someone that you've interviewed, you're learning something. Yeah. This This is our daily dose of inspiration. I absolutely agree. And anyone out there who wants to check out Shanna's work, your website is shannakennedy.com and all the notes will be in the blog. Thank you so much. And um, so guys, no matter what it is that you're going through, you can overcome it and discover what you are made of. I hope you enjoyed today's um, vlog and I'll see you next week. See you, Shanna. See you later. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Wonderful.